Hi, Leo. Nice to have you. Thanks for being here. Hey, man. Yeah, pleasure, pleasure, man. Um, yeah, we, we met a, a few minutes ago and, and started having a conversation. And as we were talking and as we started diving into more the what this uh, podcast is going to be like, and then you started uh, spitballing about what Bankless is doing as well. So, yeah, I thought, you know what, before we waste any more of this juicy conversation, uh, we might as well we might as well start. When we met, I... I mean, instantly I took a liking to you. You're, you're such a open person and, and kind person. And you just di didn't even question that mask, that guy uh, reaching out to you on LinkedIn. You like <laughs> instantly were like, oh, okay, this is cool. Uh, let's talk. And I, and I so appreciate it. And you have a really cool, a really cool background. And I'd, I'd love to hear uh, again a little bit more about it. And I think it's really interesting for everyone like three years ago you were working in in marketing and not even in web3 i think if i recall correctly yeah and correct now, oh, and now you're at freaking state capital and and which is probably one of the like coolest uh institutional businesses in the in in web3 for me at least so yeah please please like <laughs> what do you have to say about all this Okay, so let's start from the beginning. So yeah, uh, many years ago, I was uh, studying like uh, digital marketing, and I joined like uh, EDF, which is a big uh, energy company in France. Then I joined also like the, the Matmet, which, which is a insurance company. So that was like yeah, uh, digital marketing world. Then I got a bit bored about this space, and uh, you know, like trying to sell products I don't wanna, I don't wanna buy, for example. So COVID happens, and uh, that was the really good moment to yeah, to deep dive into a, a, a new a new thing that I didn't know. So I, I started to look at Bitcoin like uh, many months before COVID, and then I just watched it again, and uh, yeah, the price was like three x less than that before. So I was like, okay, let's ape, let's put some money. But I, I didn't actually know uh, what was Bitcoin, you know. Hmm. So I put some money, and then I was like, okay, maybe I should maybe uh, deep dive a bit to understand what I just bought. And uh, that's how I fell into the, the rabbit hole. So it was like, uh, yeah, I had like many, many time to read a lot about this technology and I just fall in love with this. So I started to look at some uh, some school that uh, that were like, yeah, basically learning about blockchain technology and TLT. And I found so Alira, uh, Alira, which is the, maybe the most famous uh, school in in France uh, in the blockchain space, maybe the the only one uh, so far. And uh, yeah, so I, I I I learned like how to become a consultant and a project manager in, in the blockchain space. I got my uh, my certification, and then I start working for for this school actually. So I, I gave like some DeFi courses with uh, Manuel Redpills, which is uh, a famous uh, famous guy in in the crypto Twitter, French crypto Twitter, uh, and that was also like working for for Stake Capital back in the days. So yeah, so I started my, my journey like this, and then I joined Enblot, uh, which is a development blockchain company in France. Uh, I became associate. The famous project we did was the first NFT collection of Lacoste. So the genesis mm. passed, and then after one year, uh, I started to be not bored, but uh, I just wanted to learn from the best, you know. So I was looking for another company, and uh, I really like DeFi, so I was looking for a DeFi company, and I met the State Capital team in Paris during uh, HCC, 
and I just started to, to speak with them. And uh, there was a position open in, in the state capital uh, investment part. So I just joined them like in, uh, in August. And, uh, and yeah, so now it's like five months I'm working for them. And uh, that's really interesting. And uh, I'm working with uh, such a chat and uh, such, yeah, many, many, many <laughs> uh, big brains. And uh, I'm learning a lot. So I, I really love it. Uh, and yeah, that's my background, basically. Yeah, that's, it, it's so it's so cool how like there's there seems in, in web3 there seems to be this promise that there's no barrier to entry from outside in like you uh you want to you like a project there seems to be this inherent uh, quality to them that you can just step in and work for them but from having been in in this space for a little bit i know that it's not true And I know that the best projects and the best businesses do let people in, but they do let the best uh, people in. State capital is like top 0.1% of the entities that you could uh, work for if you're interested in, in finance, if you're interested in VCs, if you're interested in, in, in Web3. How does someone, what do you think were the key points in your personal journey that made you end up here that someone who is in a position where you were in uh, three or four years ago could learn and be like, okay, these are the steps that I need to take in order to, to myself be there in a few months or in a few years. That's a good question. Uh, and I think there is like many, many answers. Uh, depends on the, depends on the, on the guy and so on. But actually, I don't know if I, I'm part of the best, to be honest, the guy I'm working with, uh, like, yeah, much more smarter than me, but, uh, but yeah, maybe that's the imposter, uh, yeah, I don't know how to say that, but, imposter um, syndrome. yeah, exactly, exactly. But, uh, yeah, uh, what I did uh, that I just fell in love with this technology. So I was just learning as much as possible. And, uh, when I finished like, uh, Adira, I was like, okay, like, what can I just learn now, uh, that will help me to, to get a good position in the future. And I was just like, okay, let's try about the DeFi. I was uh, he uh, hearing a lot about this and I was like, okay, maybe that uh, it's worth it uh, to have a look at, the, at this, uh, this vertical. So I think that basically DeFi is the best vertical to learn about all the blockchain space. You know, there is like a tokenomics, there is DAO, there is like how to solve uh, liquidity problems, like liquidity fragmentation and so on. Yeah, you have to deep dive really, really, really hard to understand like some, uh, I don't know, like for example, curve. Uh, it's not easy to understand at the beginning when uh, your DeFi journey begins, but uh, that's one of the most, uh, yeah, the, the most famous uh, project in the, in the DeFi space. Mm -hmm. And you have to, uh, to understand it. So I was like, okay, let's learn. And what I didn't understand, like, uh, I don't know, like, For example, ZK rollups. Uh, I was like, okay, so for the next two days, I would just read and read and read about this and trying to like uh, to write some some content. And that's also maybe how I entered like a uh, state capital because I was trying to to write some content on Medium. And the first uh, article that I that I wrote was uh, about Lens Protocol from Ave. And uh, I think that it helps me to deep dive and to understand a bit more uh, how it works and uh, to speak with like some founders or some core dev of Lens. Mm -hmm helped me to, to have a network, you know, and, uh, and one of the, the best sentence I uh, heard was your network is your network. And it's yeah. in, in the blockchain space, it's really accurate. I mean, uh, if you have a, a good network, 
you you will you will have some uh, some position opens in a few companies maybe so yeah the, the the main the main thing is to be is to be active in this ecosystem to mm-hmm. yeah to to learn and again and again and uh, I think it's this is how I, I entered this um, this company yeah, so a lot of work yeah. a lot of reading <laughs> that's that's super interesting the the um, yeah uh, learning jumping into a niche and learning a lot about it and I and I do agree with you that DeFi is such a it it is a very interesting niche because it, it it has all the core concepts that are important to Web3 because even though we we try to build businesses on top of the economy, on top of the finances, those are still like the underlying uh, network effect, financial network effect is still super mm-hmm. interesting. And there's there's probably no no place to, uh, no better place to learn. I, I went so far deep into the, into the DeFi rabbit hole in 2020 as well. <laughs> yeah, remember my girlfriend like, just couldn't couldn't believe it, and and yeah, I was completely obsessed. The the era of the 10k percent APY, you know, like all the new liquidity farms just <laughs> pumping out and and having to jump tokens from token. Have you did you go through that phase as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was there during the G5 summer, and was like super insane but it was like uh yeah too much actually so uh, i actually like like the 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 bear market because uh, you you can learn easily and without too much noise and so on so it's Mm. very good yeah i like it too and and just to wrap up before before we jump onto another subject the network is your net worth part it is so incredibly important it's easy you need to remember that the the people who matter in the space and the people who can help you out their attention is spread quite thin they have a lot on their plate and and they're they have a lot of people that that are talking to them and there are a lot of people who i'll call them a small guys because we all start as 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 a small guy I'm, i'm still a pretty small guy actually too and it is a real jungle where the the law of the fittest applies where you need to prove your worth you need to and that's what you did well and and you seem to have done it in a very humble manner where you were like okay first i need to learn then i'll start to put out some content you were there were probably an element of luck uh, of uh, the right people seeing that content. But I also don't really believe in luck. I think everything happens for a reason. And yeah, that's good for you, man. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, actually, I think I, I had some some good good luck like to to meet the state capital team at the right moments when there was a position opened. And uh, so there is a part of luck. But yeah, of course, uh, the work I did before helped me. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Preparation. What is that saying again? It's when preparation meets opportunity. I think it, it, it's luck is when, uh, um, yeah, preparation meets oh. opportunity, something like this. What have you learned in the past, like in the past five months, and especially with regards to investing, because your whole, and maybe you can dive a little bit deeper into what exactly is your job before, before you, you answer this, but what do you wish you could have told your uh, three-year younger self when you started investing in crypto now that, that you're working with some really smart people who know how to vet and, and who know how to invest in projects? That's a good question, actually. It's hard to, to, to reply to this. And maybe uh, I learned a lot more about the DeFi space because that's one of the most uh, complicated uh, vertical 
so mm-hmm. far, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, now that I'm working for State Capital, so yeah, I, I know better how to to identificate like good projects and also like uh, scammers and so on and like mm-hmm. uh, and GMI projects, for example, quite easily by reading the deck. But sometimes it's way too complicated for me. Like uh, when I, it's talking about like quant uh, quants project and so on with like mm. uh, you know like uh, liquidity and derivatives and so on it's uh, it's still a bit complicated for me so I'm still learning about this and also like how uh, the TradFi could uh, use those future tools to to hedge uh, their mm. position so to, to use volatility to hedge their position and so on so that's uh, the thing I'm learning like since yeah, maybe two months uh, and it's not the, the easiest part, to be honest. But it's really uh, it's really helpful to understand a bit more the DeFi space. And also, uh, yeah, I, I work. I'm working now with like a, a guy that joined us uh, in State Capital. I was working uh, with Black, uh, yeah, with BlackRock. Uh, he helps me a lot to yeah to deep dive it to understand about the team, the project, and so on. So yeah, I, I learned maybe three x time faster than uh, than before. For sure. Yeah, I can imagine. If, if you were talking to someone who either has just got into Web3 or is into it, has, I don't know, like $100 a month to, to invest and, and would like to start with DeFi, what would you tell them? What, what would be the first like few pieces of advice of where, do you, where should you start? What should you pay attention to? How should you like spread your investments? Like what are the things that come to mind? Uh, to learn DeFi, I think that the uh, I helped many many friends of mine like to understand DeFi, and the, the best way to do it was to use like the Aave testnet to first like uh, put some uh, some assets in collateral and borrow some assets. When you do it, you uh, it's incredible sim- uh, incredibly simply. Like I just in in few clicks, I just borrowed like I don't know twenty k, and that's awesome. I mean, uh, I don't have uh, any permission to ask. I don't have to wait and, and so on. It's it's really uh, it's really nice. So that's the first part to learn, and then uh, maybe to look at the. You know the dex is like uh, how to LP against uh, like uh, with two assets and how to optimize your yields. So maybe basically like uh, use a uh, auto compounding protocol like I don't know Beefy for example or uh, CVX or I don't know Convex for finance for example Stake DAO of course and uh, yeah to understand how to how to to use uh, LP positions and basically when you when you know how to do this uh, and you know how to use Aave. Uh, the last part will be like to learn about curve because curve is the is, is the one of the main pieces of the of this space and basically when you understand this uh, those three parts i think that you can just go and try on a, on a on a blockchain that is not super expensive for example polygon i started uh, on, on the bsc but that's that, that's a good uh, that's a good entry, you know. And uh, then you switch to Polygon, of course. Don't, don't stay on on the BSC <laughs> if you don't want to to get wrecked. But yeah, just uh, I, I mean, uh, it's way more easier to to try and then to understand. But just reading something and uh, yeah, so just try with a small amounts on a on a cheap chain and uh, do some mistakes. But uh, yeah, the mistakes will learn you a lot about. So. Yeah, it's a good advice. It's a good piece of advice in general. Like whatever you do, start with dipping your toe a little bit. I wish someone would have taught me that 20 years ago. 
uh, it, it would have saved me a lot of pain and a lot of anxiety. Why do you think Curve is such an important protocol in the, in the DeFi space for the whole DeFi infrastructure? Uh, because uh, first of all, like uh, Curve has, uh, is one of the biggest uh, protocol in terms of uh, TVL, and also that uh, because when you are launching a token, like I don't know, like, let's say a stablecoin or like a liquid staking derivative, for example, or I don't know, uh, a peg asset, that's a good way to bootstrap some liquidity and yeah, to to get some yield. So basically, when you've got a new token to have a pool that is well uh, incentivized on Curve will help you to get more TVL on your own protocol and to get more exposure okay. and, uh, and, of course, like, yeah, more traction. And also why Curve is one of the best, it's because I will say that uh, because of the VE tokenomics, that is like a reader, uh, like VECRV holders uh, have power, the powers to, to incentivize the pool they want and... Because of this, there is like a new primitives that are coming, such as like bribes, and you can earn a bit more of, uh, of yield using like Curve and uh, other protocol like Convex, like DAO, you earn uh, to, yeah, to, to get more cash with your cash, basically. And that's also one of the safest protocol uh, that has been uh, built for now. I, I think I would, it, it's never been hacked, uh, just the front end, but... It's not like a smart contract uh, failure. So it's really a safe one with a lot of liquidity, so low slippage and so on. And yeah, that, I mean, without Curve, I don't think that the DeFi space will be uh, uh, like this now. So yeah, Curve is for sure one of the, of the best. That's so interesting. Yeah, I'm starting to think about it or like to see a sort of, of pyramid and all the multiple thousand uh, percent <laughs> projects that we were talking about kind of being the the top of the pyramid that are fleeting. I, I don't know what happened to these projects, actually. And projects like Curve, Curve being more of the of the foundation. How do you think a protocol like Curve will fare? Where do you think it will be like in, in 50 years or in 20 years? How big a role do you think it will it will play in the in the world of finance in general? That's a very good question, and it's going so fast in uh, in this space that uh, I don't know. I don't want to 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 say any projection, but it's a bit complicated because maybe with like uh, order books in uh, RFQ on the blockchain, uh, yeah, on the blockchain, maybe like hurt a bit the AMM uh, scheme. So can you maybe, can you elaborate? Because this is outside of my own personal expertise. So I, I I'd love for you to explain a little bit. I mean, uh, with the AMMs, uh, you can swap any tokens that are pegged uh, or not, basically. But um, because it, uh, those assets are in a pool, if the market moves or if you want to, I don't know, swap a big uh, big position and so on, you will have a slippage, for example. Yeah. So the slippage will uh, will give you less token that you should have in a normal way. So that's that's the, um, how it works for now. But now there will be like new protocols with like uh, order books on chain, such as I don't know, uh, let's say about maybe JMX, JYDX, uh, and so on. Mm. And also like um, the RFQ, which is the request for codes. Uh, is, a, is a model that is used in the traditional finance. So I don't know if the AMM model will survive in 20 years, to be honest. I, I really don't know. But for now, it's a model that works. And yeah, that, uh, that helps to bootstrap liquidity on, on many protocols and to, do like, uh, to, to use composability and operability of the blockchain. And for now, it's working really well. 
But yeah, in many years, I, I really don't know. Yeah, there's still a lot of question marks. That's why it makes that it, it's part of the reason why this space is so attractive. It's that you still have the uncertainty that makes it quite risky and interesting, but at least we're starting to see it uh, formalize, become more, yeah, more structured. And, and but yeah, the whole question of this and even impermanent loss, it, it, it makes it really hard to, to justify being a liquidity provider if, if you're not very early and if you don't have like huge uh, token incentives mm -hmm. to do it. Yeah, basically, I don't, I don't use like uh, I'm I'm only using like uh, single assets LPs. For example, uh, WEs against uh, SEs or STEs, for example. But uh, using like uh, ETH against another volatile token, I think it's more for like uh, market makers and so on that can hedge their risk. To, uh, yeah, they, they're monitoring their, their risk and uh, and their loss. So if you're not a market maker and you don't have like full time to look at your positions. I don't think it's the best way to start in DeFi. Uh, but if you're yeah, helping with like a two peg assets, for example, it's quite easy and the risk is quite low, but there is still a risk of a smart contract, packs and so on, root yeah. pools. But yeah, that, that, that's more a market maker piece, I think. And how would you, if you, were a, if you were a project founder and you launch a project, you have limited access to liquidity, you have whatever you have, how would you personally go about providing liquidity for that for that token would you still go to the early community that you have in order to ask for their help or would you use curve how would you go about that i think that there is like two answers there as a founder i think that when you're raising funds or trying to bootstrap your, your company it's important to have like market makers to help you to to get more liquidity on the markets Mm -hmm. So that's uh, basically what State Capital is doing for for some project like I don't know Angle or APY. But you also need to yeah maybe to to ask for a pool on Curve and uh, and trying to to get enough votes to to incentivize this pool and attract some uh, yeah some users and some liquidity. That's how I will do it I think. But yeah, the, using Curve is I mean you have to to use Curve. It depends on on your project, but. If you want some liquidity, if you are like a stablecoin uh, protocol or, or kind of, you need to use the, the CRV uh, voting power and also to accumulate some uh, some curve voting power. I think oh, that's fascinating. You're actually giving me some some ideas. Uh, I'll, I'll probably come back in a private conversation to, <laughs> yeah, sure. to to ask you the, to ask you these questions. I, I, I'm not sure that's the place. Yeah, I, I'd love to to. We've, we've pretty much had a bit of this conversation before, but what are like pitch decks that you're getting these days? What are the, the most projects that you're seeing that are getting uh, more traction in your VC world? So basically we're trying to focus on the, the DYD, so the decentralized identity, uh, also uh, on the derivative markets, uh, like uh, all the tools to hedge uh, your position on, on the on the markets, but also like uh, infrastructure, like uh, the all the zk rollups and uh, optimistic rollups and so on, and also like projects that uh, are focusing on the MEV and the PBS. So how to yeah to separate like the the block builder and. Uh, and so on. So that, that's some uh, some narrative that are really present now. And um, what was your question again? <laughs> yeah. What are the what are the trends? The trends <laughs> that you're seeing and and 
yeah, it wasn't part of the question, but what do they what do they mean for for the the market that we're in? Yeah, so yeah, the terms will will definitely be like the the Zika rollups. I think that uh, they will be like uh, the way to scale uh, Ethereum, maybe more than the optimistic rollups, uh, in my opinion. But uh, let's say that uh, Zika rollups it's, it's uh, still early nowadays, and uh, it needs like uh, a lot of developments uh, again to to really scale. There is like the the, the Zika VM from uh, from Polygon that is working with like the, the same wallet and so on. So it's basically easy to use. But when you are looking to bridge to the the Starknet ecosystem, for example, it's not the same wallet, it's not the same address, and so on. So it's uh, the, the accessibility of the, those chains are quite difficult for like uh, newcomers. Are no coiners basically. So I think that uh, yeah, project that will focus on on the UI UX of those chains and uh, that will build uh, that yeah, that will build uh, uh, some project on on the chain will can succeed. So that's one of the trends we are looking for. So yeah, so and do you have one? Uh, do you have like one in one, mind? Like a project in mind that is working on CK rollup and and what types of solutions are they are they looking to bring? Yeah, so there, there was many of them. There is like uh, ZK Sync, there is Starknet, there was also Scroll, that was, that, uh, which is very good. Aztecnet, so it's uh, ZK.money, the website, I think, uh, that is uh, basically uh, providing like a, a private, uh, like some privacy uh, on the blockchain space. Yeah, so there is like many of them and also like uh, ZKVM from Polygon that could be really, really nice. But uh, for now, we don't have any... I mean, it should be on the test net, but who knows? I don't know. It's the rating. What I just thought of, what I just realized is that everything that you mentioned, the DYD, the MEV, uh, the whole derivative, derivatives thing, and even now with ZK Rollup, it's all very infrastructure-based. Is that because that's what state capital does? You, you guys focus more on, on infrastructure? Or is it because, I'm in my mind, I'm opposing it to... Uh, more mass adoption applications because that's what we're all kind of waiting for. Do you think it's a timing thing where we're just still a few years away from uh, mass adoption and so we're still focused on infrastructure or is it more of a strategy for you guys of, hey, uh, infrastructure is where most of the money is going to be um, so that's why we're going to focus on it yeah many answers as, uh, as well but um, basically in state capital there is like two verticals so the investment part and the quant part and basically in the quant part they're doing like some arbitrage some uh, some liquidations and also some strategies uh, like to yeah to hedge their position and so on so we are looking at uh, those protocols because some protocol will help us like to play with like volatility or to hedge against, uh, I don't know, to have like some uh, de- uh, delta neutral strategies and yeah, also like the, the market making side where, so we have to, to look at yeah, the new infrastructure and where is the, the liquidity basically because that's, uh, that's part of our job to, yeah, to identify those and to play with the market. So yeah, we, we need to, to have a look at those, but also uh, we are trying to onboard some project that will help to, uh, for the mass adoption. So basically... Uh, that will help the next 10 million users to access the, the blockchain mm. and to have a quite comfortable uh, user experience. Yeah, what are these? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's not easy>. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, there is like, uh, that's for the quant, uh, in, in the quant side, but also like, uh, yeah, for the investment side, because I think that the next app that will just erase like the, the technical side of the blockchain and 
will be can be successful you know like uh, the newcomers to I don't know if the newcomers wants to understand like uh, how the blockchain is working hmm. how do you build the block and so on they just need like to make some yield on uh, on some protocols but they actually don't know which one and which strategies and so on so yeah, the, any tools that will help like to onboard the next users with a quite good uh, user experience can be successful we're still so far from all of this one of the things that i that i uh, see and think on a little bit recently is each action that you take on the blockchain should not put your assets at risk if you need to have a very secure setup if you need to have a cold wallet a hard wallet a ice wallet and then a burner for each transactions that you do and if you want to play a game each time you play again and and especially because there's these promises of like interoperability and and all of this stuff and so if every time you connect your wallet that has uh, assets on it to a new application you're actually putting them at risk it makes you very reluctant to do to do anything and it's never going to be like retail is never going to be okay with having $2,000 of assets that are at risk anytime they, they try to interact with, with a, a protocol. Yeah, I completely agree. But uh, that's also like uh, one of the strengths of, uh, of DeFi, that, that's anti-fragile, you know, like the last two years, there was like, there was a lot of exploits and uh, root pools and so on. But every time uh, the dev knows how to avoid those acts in the future. And that's why DeFi is not fragile. Like, yeah, every time there's something where happens uh, and uh, yeah, users are, are losing money, every time the protocol getting like more robust. And that's also why now it's quite a jungle. But uh, in the future, I think that it, it will be like much more secure and so on. There was also like many tools that help you like before signing any transaction to understand what will be uh, what will happen to your assets like for example fire which is a chrome extension will uh, will tell you like for example that uh, this contract is at risk or that uh, if you sign this transaction you, you may lose like your nfts or a low like uh, uh, unlimited spending of your assets and so on so now there is like some tools to protect yourself but it's still a jungle. I agree on this. I think it's really important what you say about um, anti-fragility for the protocols right now, because at least it's it's a very interesting proof of concept, because the fact that we're still here, despite everything that's happened, despite all the rock pools, despite all the scams, it does show that this space is robust enough, that it's not just uh, a castle made of cars that once you blow on it, it's, it's over. But it's still missing anti-fragility at the individual part. There's two ways to approach this. There's the spiritual approach and then there's the financial approach. When you get scammed, you get scammed. When you get rock pulled, you lose your money. And so if you don't have a good bankroll management uh, strategy for yourself, your money's out, you're probably not going to be back for a while. I, I call it spiritual, but it's whatever you want to call it. If you make a mistake that results in uh, you losing your funds, whether you get scammed, whether you invest in a protocol that ends up uh, rugging the liquidity, it does make you a little bit stronger because you have to look at this and learn. Some people are not going to learn. They're just going to be like, all right, this is not for me. I'm going to be out for good. And I do think that one of the most important things of decentralization and of decentralization of finance is autonomy and self growth and development you have to you're now 
yeah, you have custody of your own of your own money. You're not going to go to your to your to MetaMask and be like, "Hey, guys, I lost my money. Can you please uh, put it back onto my onto my wallet?" Yeah, and also that that's also like uh, a reason why mass adoption is still not here. I think because uh, you know with FTX, um, you know that now uh, you have to own your 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 tokens in your, in your wallet to have custody of uh, on them. So we learned with FTX basically. But uh, can you ask people like newcomers to use a, a ledger and to connect it to your MetaMask mm-hmm. or Rabi or whatever? And, and then also like sign transaction to be careful, not signing any transaction that pop up on your screen and so on. I think it's really hard for a newcomer to use it. And also like to understand that if you lose your private key and your sick phrase, you're fucked. It's all over. Yeah. It's it's all over, and there is no door to uh, to knock and uh, to ask for your funds again. So that's one. Also, uh, like uh, maybe one of the major thing to to resolve, you know. And that's all. That that's going to be resolved with, uh, for example, account abstraction. Like, uh, for example, to to recover your uh, your assets. If you I don't know if you lose uh, your computer or, and so on. Yeah, you can refund your wallet and your asset with like credential of uh, I don't know your friends or your social networks, for example, and so mm-hmm. on. And when uh, this account abstraction will be fully released, I think it will help mass adoption because it will be much more harder to lose your assets and to lose control of your wallet, for example. Is that yeah, something that can be built into current? Uh, infrastructures or is that like a, an application that's built on top of it now basically that's a that's a smart contract wallet and you can access it and yeah unlock it with like uh, some conditions so basically you see phrase but you can also like connect your wallet with i don't know let's say twitter and discord and also like you can have a recovery friend let's call it, let's call it like this like i don't know I, I put my mom on my wallet and say if i lose it uh, my mom will uh, will be able to unlock my wallet and to give me the access again. And that's this really is cool. that's really cool. Yeah, I think it will uh, it will really help uh, mass adoption in the in the near future. Yeah, um, one of the things that you were saying was that there is some security. Like for example, I use Rabi or Rabbi. I don't know what it's supposed to be called, and it does check the security of the transaction that I mm-hmm. that I sign. The problem is that we're weak. Humans are weak. Uh, you, we have times where we're too confident. We have times where we're too depressed. And when you have maybe a little bit of the two, you're talking to someone and scammers are getting so freaking smart. It's really scary. And you have to think about everything that you're doing, but you're talking to someone who you've been talking to for a while, or they seem to have everything that makes them um, a safe partner and yeah, whatever. And they get you on a website and you end up signing the transaction and boom, all your funds are gone. That is scary. Like it happened to me. I'm saying I'm not a, I'm not a genius or I'm not a anything, but it's, I've been in this space for so long. I'd, I've already been scammed. And I even like, yeah, there, there was a, there's a guy that I follow who, who does probably 20, 30 transactions every day and he still and he still got scammed and yeah and also like uh, i don't know if you saw but there was like a, an og bitcoin developer that has uh, his wallet uh, got trained like a few weeks ago if you think about it like uh, if even an og can lose their, their assets so how can you uh, can you ask like newcomers to keep custody on their on their own assets if even an og is able to to get scammed for example i don't know i don't know if he clicked on a malicious link or uh, if you download mm-hmm. like uh, a, a malicious software but 
basically can happen to everyone. And that's why you have to use a ledger wallet, uh, like a hardware wallet. Newcomers have to buy those wallets to understand how to use it and so on. And it, it's a matter of security, but uh, it's hard for, for newcomers, definitely. It is, and it shouldn't be that hard, and it and it it can't be that hard because, for example, like I'm I'm I've been part of the Clonex mm-hmm. community for a while now. A lot of those guys are artists, for example. That's one of the parts of the population that it's most appealing to. An artist is not like technical. It's not always. Uh, they're not always like geeks and who know a lot about uh, computer security. If you want to make sure that the people that you bring in who pay five, seven, 10K for an asset of your collection, then you need to make sure that they're not going to lose it because they lose faith and then they're, they tell their friends who tell their friends and then the whole space uh, kind of feels like a, like a joke after that. So yeah, that's uh, that's really hard. And also like the, those kind of discords got hacked many times. Uh, yeah. I think it was like the, the board ape one. Oh, I don't know, but yeah, even like the tools you're using could help you, uh, like some uh, some uh, some hackers to to scam you, for example. Or you you may click on a on a malicious link and it looks really like the same, like the the real one, and uh, and you got scammed. So you have to have like a, a really really good like a digital. Uh, how can I say that? Like uh, you have to use like really carefully and uh, and yeah, be careful every yeah. time. Every time. And and with everything, anything that you download and anything that you, I, I think. Um, NFT God just got hacked a few a few days ago, and he was saying that what happened is that he went to download OBS on on his new computer that he just got, and he clicked on a sponsor link, and it happened to install yeah. malware on his computer. So it can literally come from anything, and and it just goes to show that when you're when you're in Web three, you're kind of expecting threats from Twitter and from Discord. So when you're on it, you're going to be a little bit more careful. But then you realize that scammers are so smart. They're so smart. And actually, I'm going to put this out right now. I would love to have a conversation with a scammer on this podcast. So <laughs> if anyone listening to this is uh, someone whose uh, main activity is to scam people out of their money, uh, I've, I'm not going to judge you. We like we all do weird stuff. Some are just weirder than others. Uh, but I think it would be a super interesting conversation. So if you're it, please let me know. Is uh, Julien as like smart as everyone says? Yes. How smart? smart? Like what is it, what is it, what is it like to, to work alongside him? And he's, he's like this almost mythical figure in, in, in this space. Yeah. To be honest, I'm, I'm not really working with him. Like I, I, I don't spend much time with him. Uh, but when I do, I'm pretty like uh, yeah, pretty excited about uh, how we understand the project and how we can like judge the founders and the technology and uh, and to project himself like how can I use this tool uh, for my company or for my portfolio, for example. You really understand really quick uh, the things, and yeah, yeah so he's basically really smart and, uh, and really clever. We learned from the markets that uh, it's a really, uh, how can I say that? You know, like with, uh, it was with like the 3AC founders or with mm-hmm. SDF and so on. When everyone is loving one guy and uh, it becomes like really, it could be really negative and, uh, and so on. Even if he looks smart and so on, don't trust him, just verify every, everything he says. Mm-hmm. Most of the time it's true. Sometimes maybe not. I never spot like uh, something. No one has a perfect. 
scorecard. It just doesn't yeah, exist. Quite good, but uh, but yeah, basically you you need to yeah to don't trust anyone, and even if it's smart, uh, just be careful. Like as we say, like a, a few minutes before, you can get scammed by, by anyone, and uh, your digital health it has to be perfect. So, but yeah, is is really smart, and uh, what it does for like many years now, it beats like Stakedown. Blackpool, Rex, and also this his uh, his hedge fund and uh, all the the quant the quant side. I mean, it's it's really huge uh, what it's building, and uh, he's on many verticals, and he understands really well the markets and all the protocols and so on. So that's really nice to work with uh, such a such a guy. To yeah, get he's really cool. inspiring. Like on the execution side of things, to be able to that that's actually what you mentioned about being on so many verticals and actually like doing well on them. It inspires me to be better because it is uh, f almost physical proof that it is possible. And, and what you're saying that is also, uh, that makes my, my brain um, go again is, yeah, the fact that we want to build a trustless environment, a trustless uh, financial system, and, and more than financial uh, system, actually, uh, just like um, we want to build a, a society that lives on, on, on the blockchain where we are supposed to be able to kind of trust everyone because there's the history on the blockchain and because it sh you should be able to identify everything but you still have people who are leading this and those people still have their own agenda their own incentives their own ego uh sometimes fragile uh their own inner child you don't know how they were when they were a child maybe they were loved maybe they were not loved and so now maybe they they try to like you never know who's doing what for for which reasons Yeah, definitely. I mean, nothing to say. I mean, you, you said everything. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. How, how do we, do you think there's any way uh, that, that we bypass that? Not bypass, it's not the right word, but you know what I mean. What you mean exactly? Like, uh, to become, yeah. Yeah, how do we, how do we make sure that people become as transparent as blockchains? I don't know. I don't think there's actually an answer for that. But I mean, yeah, <laughs> basically there is not. But uh, you know, like blockchain is, uh, it's only math. So if you can verify that it's working as it's, uh, it has been built, I mean, how can you can you bypass this? You know, it's uh, mm. it's built to to execute this in that way. Basically, uh, it will be hard to, uh, to ask the, the protocol and yeah. the smart contract to do another way. But if you are a human and you have a gun uh, on your head and uh, the, the guy is, is saying that to you, like, one plus one, it's uh, equal to three, say it or you die, mm. you, will, you would say it, you know. And, yeah, but the smart it. contract will never do it. And that's why, like, uh, humans are corrupted and, uh, and smart contracts are not. So we don't need to think uh, yet to trust people. Just to address smart contracts and, and math, and that's why we're here. I think. Yeah, at least um, we're, we're probably not going to solve the human part just yet. But at least you have the technical part, the blockchain part that helps shed some light. But it, I, I think what Luna, uh, the Luna debacle showed us, is that the data is there, but it's really hard to interpret because when you're talking about something like Luna, it's probably billions of transactions, like billions and billions tens of billions going in and out and and so it's it's hard to sip through did you did you follow the fat man account on terra nope. so he, nope. he's a guy who made um he 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 
at the very last um, few days, few weeks of um, of the Luna like uh, decentralized governance process, he he made a proposal that made some noise. And after that, he created a Twitter account called Fatman uh, Luna, I think, or something like that, where he has been just being a whistleblower and and sipping through data and and trying to shed light on some things. And one of the things that did come out was that, okay, the data is there and we can, after a lot of time and after a lot of effort and after many, many people doing doing their work, it's still kind of hard to bring as much accountability as is needed. Yeah, and also yeah, like, uh, yeah, with, the, with the Terra, Terra story, like once again for newcomers, how do you know that this stablecoin is going to crash? I mean, a lot of OG in this space knew that uh, algorithmic uh, algorithmic stablecoin is, is just going to zero and there is no way it's not going to zero. And there was a lot of guys that were saying, like, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about like uh, Token Breeze, for example, a uh, famous uh, French guy in, in the DeFi space. Uh, he always said that like Terra is going to crash. And uh, it, before t- Terra Luna, uh, Dokon was uh, has built like basis cash that just uh, finished to zero as well. So, mm-hmm. but you need to understand the protocol, how it works, the minimum, and also like to know the founders and to uh, to be sure that it's hundred percent decentralized. It's not, but uh, it's on the good way. And yeah, so basically, like a lot of people lose money because they didn't know that this stablecoin was just like a scam basically you need to have a lot of knowledge to navigate safely in, in this space and that's why i think there is no mass adoption but you can see like that many big companies uh, are like trying to uh, yeah to enter the space uh, i don't know like uh, a lot of nft collection for like big brands but also like the, the traditional finance is going to the blockchain for Many reasons, like uh, because of the liquidity, it's cheaper to yeah, to do some production on the on the blockchain space, and so mass adoption will come. But it's still, uh, I don't think uh, it will come in like uh, the next year or in, in two yeah. years. I think that maybe and, in five or ten years it's going to be it's going to be good. But now, yeah, I, I agree with you, and especially what, what you're making me think is you're going to have uh, bigger brands that are getting in because they see the appeal because it's interesting for their uh, business uh, models. They understand the value of decentralizing, of incentivizing people in their, let's call them communities a little bit more. But then the people who enter, they find themselves with uh, tokens and one token leads to another token because you go see the value of yours on CoinMarketCap and you realize that there's uh, thousands more. And so you're going to look at that one and you don't have the proper knowledge. And so you're going to put your money in the next Luna or, oh, my token is available on FTX. So you're going to go on FTX. You don't necessarily do the, the due diligence. And even if you did, man, I trusted FTX. Absolutely. It, it was... Everyone trusted FTX. It was really hard to say that uh, FTX was a scam. Basically, like a lot of OGs were scam as well. And the guy who says, like, I knew this, uh, there is not so much. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of respect. Man, that whole... I saw I saw a tweet a, a, a few days ago. Like, I don't know how factual it is, but basically like Genesis lending money to Balancer, lending money to 3AC, lending money to FTX, lending money to Alameda. And basically like who owns the money, who's responsible. And that's that's a little bit where I was going, where 
individuals are really going to learn, have to learn where to put their money and who they're and who they're trusting. And we we might need a few more cycles of founders understanding, okay, this thing called the blockchain is actually bringing some accountability and actually need to pay a little bit of attention of uh, to what I'm doing. And maybe we're, we'll go back to like what the Web3 ethos actually was. Yeah, nothing to say. I mean, <laughs> it's, uh, I agree with you. Is there any, like on the institutional side, maybe what's being said in State Capital or, or in other, if you have, um, if you talk to other people in your space, but is there any doubt of where we're going or do people take for granted that has already been built, is NC fragile and is going to go the distance? Or is there still, okay, this is a proof of concept. We, we're, we're not too sure. How does, was the sentiment in on the institutional side? I think that uh, now the stage is like, uh, it's uh, a POC, a, a, a proof of concept for now. But uh, we see like many institutionals like coming in this space. So I think it's going to be mature more mature and like, uh, I don't know if you saw, but like, like the SG, the Société Générale made, um, like, yeah, they borrow yeah, the some, uh, some die on, on MakerDAO, for example. So mm-hmm. I think that they're coming and they know that, uh, yeah, there is like uh, some good thing to see uh, on the DeFi space, but it's still a bit early, I think, for now. Yeah, it's still but, very uh, I, I mean, there is like a lot of Americans, uh, hedge funds and, uh, and companies that are coming to the DeFi space. But in France, for example, I don't know many of them, and they are still a bit afraid of this uh, this technology. Are they afraid, or do they uh, don't want uh, users to come to DeFi? That's uh, another question. But I think that the the movement is is growing now, and uh, institutional knows that yeah, they, it's really worth it to have a look at the at the space. The the big the big question that this raises, or not the question, but you're you're gonna have. And it seems to come up a lot in, in my professional life these days. You're going to have value providers and value extractors. And for now, the bigger names, like a, a lot of things that happen around uh, board apes screamed value extractors. Like, I don't want to judge. I think that you guys doing some some pretty amazing stuff. Uh, they're, they're really taking, it, it didn't exist two years ago, and now they've built something that's huge, something that, that is uh, quite remarkable. Everything that they did together uh, uh, might not be absolutely perfect, but that's not my place to judge. But yeah, in the next few years, we're going to see two types of people. You're going to have people that come here to say, all right, there's a lot of liquidity here. How can I extract as much as I can? And you're going to have people who come in and are like, okay, uh, this is really cool. I can actually um, use it to provide value to people who are already part of my network. The first guest that I had on, on this show, um, Tara, she's building a, a company called CoCreate. And she is helping brands basically understand tokens and launch their own token in a very safe way. And, and they, they really uh, grab them by the hand and guide them. And she understands those traditional businesses and she understands the ethos of Web3 and the spirit in which these uh, these tokens should be used. But yeah, I really hope that we see more um, value providers and, and people who come in and understand that decentralization is really good if you do it with the motive of doing good everyone benefits because you 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 bring more longevity to your to your business you bring more longevity to your uh, framework and uh, it's harder to build things 
over time, it's easy to break, to make something, to break it, and then to just like take money uh, for the short term. But if you build it over time, it does compound. And then there there are non-financial and non-objective things that come into play, like your the, the loyalty that you get from the people who are part of it. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah, this been a, this has been a, a really a really cool conversation. Uh, do, do you have any last uh, any last words that you'd want to add? I don't know. Just be careful of the markets because I don't think uh, we are done with uh, with this trend. But that's only my my opinion. Mm. Don't, don't trust me again. But uh, I'm, the, I'm the worst trader <laughs> in the world. Nice. But uh, yeah, just be careful. And yeah, just you have to to care about decentralization. And I think that's. Decentralization is a way to make the world better, much better. I mean, I, mean, uh, I, I really want like Google and Facebook and all the GAFAM to have less control in, uh, in our lives. And I think that decentralization will help, definitely. And yeah, when you, when you look at uh, centralization and you understand like where the problems uh, in, the, in this society comes from, you understand like maybe decentralization is, is the right solution. It's really hard to, uh, to get. But when you have it, uh, I mean, you can control everything. I mean, control like uh, you have some some visibility and uh, everything is transparent, and no one can have the, like the entire control on, on a protocol or on a blockchain and so on. And I really think that's the most uh, innovative like uh, thing in, in the blockchain. Like decentralization is really really important. What do you think is the full decentralization is just not efficient? There's always going to be um you know, a balance and, and it's, it's interesting, like even from a, from a legal standpoint, I, I do think that entities build businesses, protocols, whatever you name it, uh, that are decentralized should get benefits. The revenue should not be, if you're doing a DAO, the revenue should not be uh, qualified as revenue and, and shouldn't, uh, necessarily all be, um, taxed upon have you ever thought about this and 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 where do you think is the is the line like when do you start defining something as as decentralized and where do you think is the risk because you're going to have people that are going to try to extract value out of this by calling themselves a, a DAO while just really being not decentralized at all yeah that's a good question basically i think that uh, you have to have like a, a really good governance the, the first that come in mind is like the rv one Mm-hmm. Uh, which is really good. The tokens have to be like uh, well distributed and, uh, and so on. And basically, you need the funder not to have like a, a big control or a big mm-hmm. uh, a big voice uh, when voting some uh, some proposal uh, in the in the governance forums, for example. I think that revenue sharing is helping like uh, decentralization, but also like. Um, what it helps is maybe like the V token models. Like basically, users are, are are involved in the protocol for many years, and uh, it helps like to have like real extractable value and not like uh, acting like a scammer or someone like uh, trying to to fuck the protocol. Mm. I, actually, like um, for like the AMM for derivative uh, protocol and so on, I think that when you have uh, like uh, an order book, for example, it has to be off chain for like many particular reasons so it's not really decentralized because uh, yeah. who knows uh, if the guy who, who has control on the on the other book will not try, just try to, to scam some people and so on so it's basically really hard to have like a 100% decentralized protocol but the goal is to tend to 100% but it will be really hard I think and also like uh, something that will not help maybe maybe I'm wrong but uh, I mean uh, Vitalik was was talking about this, uh, like the uh, one vote for one one person. 
even if you are like a whale and you have like a ton of RV or I don't know, you should like have a, like one, yeah, just one vote because uh, in that way, like the, the Witcher are basically the control on the, on the protocol and like on the, on the future emissions of tokens and so on. So is it really decentralized in that way? I don't know. So there is like many, maybe uh, improvements uh, to make. Yeah. And point. so many questions to ask. I don't know if I'm if I'm wrong or not, but uh, that's my yeah, that's my point. Yeah, I don't think it's possible to be wrong w- with what you're saying. I don't know. I'm I'm I mean I'm really like what we've been doing, for example, with JPEG Vault. We we decentralized uh, ownership, and we did pretty well in decentralizing ownership of the assets that that are owned by the uh, by by all of us. We did pretty well in decentralizing ownership of our own token as well. Like founders didn't get uh, an outrageous amount, and and we didn't uh, let any VC or fund or outside backer uh, amass a, a disproportionate amount. For example, for everything that had to do with the strategy, it was pretty centralized. Like we have the vision and we work towards it. We figure out what the best uh, steps are, and we propose them to the to the to the community and to the holders. If, for example, a regulator were to look at this, they'd probably because they have to to make rules for everyone. They would probably look at this and say, "All right, this doesn't qualify as a decentralized project." Whereas we are decentralized at heart. Like we've always made sure that at least most people agree with what is happening and where we're going and that this is the best. And that's where I think the the lack of flexibility in systems. And like we're both from France, so we both know what it is like. And it, it is one of the countries, I mean, I, I don't know many other administrations in, in the world, but it, I, I've lived in Canada, for example. It was so easy to deal with the administration. Uh, yeah, France, yeah, also, in, uh, yeah. also in Portugal, it's really easy uh, as well. I think it's a, it's a French problem, <laughs> but we love yeah, it. Yeah, so. it, it might be. It might be, but it is it is a, a general problem of uh, when you want to rule for everyone, you don't leave too much room for error. And I I would love for regulators to come in and to start putting in rules and to start putting like setting up uh, guidelines. But I hope there's some like breathing room uh, for smaller projects to be able to come in without like backers who have millions and a huge network because that was part of the promise also. Also, like, I, I don't think that the legal framework is, like, really, really good for, for the users. I mean, uh, let's say that you are using, like, a Lens protocol instead of Facebook and uh, generating some, uh, some uh, yeah, cre- you're creating some value because you're, I don't know, posting, like, some uh, interesting uh, studies and, and so on. And you get some money because of your followers that just want to tip you, mm-hmm. for example. And if you want to cash out this money, you will be taxed. I, I think like every time that you're providing value and get money back because it's blockchain, if you want to cash out this money, you will be like, uh, the, the legal framework is not well done uh, on mm. that side, I think. I really think that's also why there is no mass adoption for now, basically, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you, you, you're just generating value, earning some tokens, and you could like like use it, use this to to live and uh, I don't know to buy some stuff and so on, but you mm. cannot because of this legal framework that is basically not really well made for users. And so, it's not value based. In an ideal world, how how would it work? I personally don't know. I don't know. That's not my job, you know. But uh, but yeah, I, I I think it's really complicated, like to yeah, to differ from like uh, yeah 
uh, gains from speculation and so on, and mm. gains from like uh, value generating, for example. Yeah. How the regulator can know that this is not speculation and it is like uh, well earned, for example. I, I don't know. I really don't know, and that's why it's really hard. That it is that we can that we can agree on. I come from a from a law background, so I, I've I've thought about this quite a bit. Been trying to think like how how could this work? I, I don't want to ask too much because I know that okay when you're when you're providing value, there's a social contract with the governments with the state the nations that we live in, and so if you live here, you kind of have to agree to play by the rules, and so. The taxman's going to come one one way or another. I wish it was easier, and I and I wish it wasn't so. For example, in in France, I think the there there's an imbalance between the value that you provide and the value that is extracted from you, and in the choice that you have. Because as an entrepreneur, for example, it, it's hard to swallow that you give out so much money to so many entities, government included. And and that you don't get that much in 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 return. That's a whole other thing. I I, yeah. I honestly think that to have a good uh, legal framework, at least in France, we would have to just throw everything that exists out and just rebuild and leave some room. I just think that everything is just too objective. Life is not objective. It's very relative. There's different people who have different experiences and honestly the best law should not be hard-coded into into mm -hmm. um, a book it, it, it would be just common sense of all right this person obviously did that for that reason like it's not hard to see it just takes it just takes a person that's uh they should get sued or they should go to they should go to jail or oh these guys are building something that's really cool they've obviously have the right uh ideas at heart uh let's help them let's uh <laughs> let's maybe give them some some leeway but anyway that's a very that's the idealist <laughs> maybe for another podcast <laughs> maybe for another podcast yeah man yeah thanks a lot uh thanks a lot for coming If, if anyone if anyone wanted to reach out to you who who would you like to to talk to who should talk to you um what are the people that you're looking for right now either personally or professionally and what's a good place to to contact you what do you mean sorry like um, i didn't get it i don't know if um, are you for state capital looking for certain people in particular like for example for your deal flow or or whatever or are oh, you yeah. personally in 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 crypto in web3 or outside are there some specific people that you would like to to talk to basically yeah i mean like the all the DeFi guys uh I really like to speak to them because they, every time I'm learning like new stuff. But yeah, basically, if uh, if the if the, the guys listening to uh, to us like want to send them like uh, send me like uh, their decks and so on, they of course they can do it uh, on my Twitter and so on. Uh, just send me a message. You can just uh, contact me on Twitter, for example. On Twitter, I'm I'm quite uh, active. So yeah. That's awesome. And it will be linked below. Perfect. Thanks, man. Thanks a lot. I like talking to you and, and I'm sure we'll do this again. So was a pleasure. Soon. Was a pleasure. Yeah, you too. Thanks a lot. Five. The universe. Six.